0: Hey everyone, Joel here, and we are going through our little series on knowing versus being told something. And uh, a couple days ago, we talked about uh, cooking, camp cooking, and using the little solo type stoves and things like that. The uh, my favorites are the MSR XGK and WhisperLite International. Uh, I always have a Whisper Light International in my wife's kit. I have an xgk in my kit the xgk is a little bit heavier and neither of these stoves are what you would consider ultra light Um, they're not that heavy they're not that big and bulky uh, but they do make teeny weeny little stoves uh, and things like that a quick note on those as a general rule although i do use them i just don't rely on them um, i don't uh, put a, a huge amount of trust in the uh, the ones that have the pressurized canisters i suppose it's propane i don't know what's in it um <clears throat> excuse me maybe it's butane but they um, they have these little pressurized canisters and you screw the little uh, thing on my jet boil uses them all right and i like my jet boil it's a good uh stove for what it is But if I need to rely on something, I have the XGK because the XGK is way more reliable Uh, It was basically built the reason they do the international with all the fuels and stuff like that It was built for things like Mount Everest Right, so you go over there They probably don't have Coleman white gas for sale in their little market uh, Before you climb the mountain. So whatever they have you can use and i'm sure uh, it's been used a lot of other places as well so I won't spend too much time on that. What I wanted to talk to you today about was more of a like group cooking type camp cooking situation. So and this is still we have a uh, we have a, a stove setup. so we're not quite going campfire cooking quite yet. Uh, we mentioned that last time, but we'll go into a little bit more detail on that in the next video. Um, but here I'm talking about using like a Coleman stove, something like that. Now I like the stoves that you, uh, you pump up rather than rely on like pressurized containers. Uh, the pressurized containers generally are, are pretty good, but I have had them fail. And by fail, I mean they don't reseal when you take them off uh, or they develop some kind of a leak. And then when you think you have... Uh, fuel you don't right your fuel isn't there when you need it and that is <clears throat> a bad situation if you're relying on this man i got some in my throat haven't drank enough water today i don't think so i use a coleman uh two or three burner stove just depending on the situation this is something i put inside my big camp uh little box call it my camp kitchen and, um, and I like to have that there. You need, okay, if you are gonna use this method to cook, uh, you need a couple things. You need your kind of standard utensils. You're gonna need uh, some pots and pans and things of that nature uh, that you would typically have in a kitchen. Uh, you're gonna need your normal plateware, okay? I like things that are light and reusable. Uh, some people will do things like paper plates and things like that. I will throw those into my camp kitchen box uh, but then I also have my preference, if I'm not gonna be carrying it on my back, uh, my preference is they're those, I don't know what metal they use, it's probably a tin or something like that. Uh, but they enamel coat them and uh, you can get them uh, various different places. They make a little, um, they make little cups. I use their little cups, like kind of like a coffee cup. Uh, they make little plates. They make all sorts of different things like that. And, um, and they're, they're fairly lightweight and they're really durable and sturdy, all right? Now you can bend them and you can crack the enamel and stuff like that, so they're not like foolproof, um, but they're pretty good little sets and I like to have uh, about eight of those, um, the whole set, the bowls, the plates, the cups, uh, about eight of those are good uh, to make sure that you can take care of a decent group of people, right? If you have more than eight, then they just have to rotate and share, wash in between. Or bring their own stuff. So that's what I like to do. The big thing for the Coleman is it is a little sensitive to the gas you use. You have to use the white fuel. Um, they may make some nozzles and things like that for the uh, for other fuels than that, but I am not aware that they do that. Uh, the other thing is um, you need to have kind of a place to set it. So you, if you have like a Pelican case like I use, then once you pull all your stuff out and you have that stuff kind of set up, then you can use the pelican case itself uh, i suppose you could use this on the ground but you want to make sure it's it's pretty level it's pretty flat um, another thing that i will often do when i actually use this stove is i like to have one of those small little collapsible tables, uh, so it's kind of like the big picnic table but it's about half the size Right? They're small, they're lightweight. It doesn't really fit inside the Pelican case, but it usually packs pretty easy if you're going to put that Pelican case in something, like the trailer or the back of a truck or something like that. Um, that way, <clears throat> you have a spot. Now, one thing I am planning on getting, and we will do videos where I actually show you how I use each of these things, is um, uh, Cabela's makes it. I'm sure other places sell it. Uh, well, I don't think Cabela's makes it, but they sell it. It's like a little table that is like a whole kitchen counter, kind of a setup. It's designed to be real efficient. um, And they make it where, where everything is right there. So you have to kind of set it up and tear it down. But if you're gonna be someplace for more than a day, Um, it makes sense to set that up and use it. So uh, I think I mentioned being on our um, six-week camp out when we were in Alaska waiting for our house to be uh, vacated so that we could move in. And uh, we were six weeks at a campsite. So having something set up where it was always there, that's the cook station, would have been really nice in that situation. So something like a coleman stove um, that uses white gas not the little green propane cylinders is what i recommend but whatever you have go out and actually practice using it hey everybody joel here and we are going through our practical skills and uh, to make sure that you know that you know and you haven't just been told we're still working through our camping skills and today we're going to talk about camp hygiene camp hygiene so this really should go without saying uh, but if you haven't thought about it before um, then it's something you want to make sure you are aware of if you have children and things like that they probably don't think about this and you don't want this going bad this will force you to move your camp uh, or it will make it where you all get sick if you don't do it properly so the number one most important thing about camp hygiene is where do you go to the bathroom now, if you're, if you're starting off camping and you've never camped before, probably going to a, quote, campground is your best thing. And most campgrounds or a lot of campgrounds kind of have a, like a bathroom um, building, right? So you have all your campgrounds around and then you kind of walk down to the bathroom building and that's where you go to the bathroom. They have sinks and um, they may even have showers there, that sort of thing, right? And if that's your your first experience, then um, utilize that so you can practice your other things and you're not trying to do too many things all at one time. Um, But you want to practice once you master your other camping skills, you want to make sure that your ability to do camp hygiene is really good as well. So Where do you go to the bathroom? That's the number one thing. Make sure you go to the bathroom away from camp. Ideally, if you have prevailing winds, that means where the wind, the direction the wind blows most of the time, um, then you want your camp bathroom to be downwind. That means it's blowing away from your camp so that you're not blowing back toward your camp. Now, a couple of things that you can do. I really like a device called the Luggable Lou. (laughs) Um, there's a couple different versions of this, but I get the ones that are, it's basically just a toilet lid and it snaps onto a five gallon bucket. Uh, you, in your five gallon bucket, um, this is when I'm storing it and transporting it, right? So like in an RV or a truck or some kind of little kit that you have, um, I put a bunch of trash bags, like multiple boxes of trash bags. Uh, I put those in there and then you can get these little tablets. Usually in a bag, there's 30 something tablets, and each tablet will last you several days, right? So again, this is not like a 100% long-term solution. Although you can easily convert this into a longer-term solution. But if you're, you know, trying to make this last a couple of weeks, it's a very effective kind of a situation. And then you have your, uh, you drop a one of these little tablets in there, uh, and when you go to the bathroom, it helps dissolve this thing keep the lid down it minimizes odors okay so that's where you go number two number one well for females they can go number one there as well for guys I always go go over there right because I don't want to wear out the, um, the stuff and make it last longer I want that stuff to last as long as possible so for guys you go over there but I will tell you this if you have never been in a camp for a long period of time and all the guys have gone to the same place to use the bathroom for a long period of time, you get a strong ammonia smell within a couple of days, okay? So every couple days, you may even want to move that, right? Okay, you know, right now, we're all going to go to that tree. Okay, now we're all going to go over to this tree over here. And, um, and so just see how it goes, but you may wanna move the position where all the guys go to the bathroom around. Or you may just wanna say in this general area so that they kinda naturally spread it out. The downside to doing that is if you go right after somebody else and you're kinda pushing through some brush, you may be pushing through wet brush that's not just wet, some dude pissed there and now it's on your pants. So just keep that in mind. I know it's a little gross, that's why we're talking about it. The other thing about camp hygiene is showering washing your hands and washing your dishes okay so if you have a little setup like i talked about in the previous video uh where it's like a little camp kitchen area then you can have a little bit of standing water you need to to, rotate this out fairly frequently um at least every couple days you might do it every day if you have a water source that's reliable enough to do that and uh and you wash your dishes in that my recommendation is Basically, you wash them as soon as they're used, right? So they're used, they're immediately washed, and then they're set to dry. Um, When you're washing your hands and things like that, you can use those to wash your hands in as well. Um, I recommend setting up some kind of a basin. If you have a little sink set up, you can use that. If you don't, you can um, set up some other form of basin. They make little collapsible basins. Um, If you have bins, like little totes, and the mini versions that you use to keep things like a bunch of silverware and stuff like that, then when you're set up for any kind of multi-day situation, you can take those, dump them in some spot where they're safe and secure, the, meaning whatever was inside of that is safe and secure, and then you can use that as a little hand wash basin. You can also use things like wipes and things like that, but those wear out. So if you're using those, that's definitely an option, but just understand it's a good short-term option, a bad long-term option because you they they use them up fast. Water and a little bit of soap. You have a thing of Dawn dishwashing soap. That will last you a very, very long time if it's used properly. It doesn't take much. You just use a little bit in your sink water, use a little bit in your hand washing basin, and you might have two. You might have one with the soapy water, then you have one with the rinsing water, and and you just kind of dip your hands in the one with the soapy water. You scrub, scrub, scrub them, rinse them off in the other one, and then you move on about your day. Showers. Showers is a big one. So... usually if you're in a camping situation you're not taking a shower every day i know if you're used to taking a shower every day you go oh that's gross but bottom line is if you're living in a camp you're probably not taking showers every day my recommendation for you you know cleaning your body is if you have a body of water, especially a flowing body of water, like a little stream or something like that, then you go downstream and you use the downstream space for everybody to wash their bodies in. So you go down there, you wash your bodies, you come back to camp. That way you go upstream to collect your water. Makes sense? So you're getting your water from a spot that's not being used to clean people and other things, and then you're going downstream and you're using that space to do your cleaning of your items and your bodies all right so you got to keep these things in mind so that you don't don't get sick make sure you're filtering any water that you drink um, or any water that you're cooking with if it's not going to be boiled for multiple minutes and uh, and go out and practice these things get used to them get comfortable with them Uh, we'll talk about a little bit more primitive ideas and techniques uh, in a later video train hard stay safe Hey everybody, Joel here, and we're going through our skill sets of knowing, not just being told things. And uh, we're gonna, this will be the last one on camp cooking. So we're talking through going out and camping. And doing camping events and camping trips so that you can practice your skills you can learn uh, how to do things and you can know that you know rather than just having been told by somebody right so we went through fires uh, we went through some tents and I'm gonna do some uh, videos where I actually show uh, you guys us setting up our various tents that we use uh, we're gonna go through actually starting a fire we're gonna go through actually um, using the stoves and the cooking techniques uh, that we're talking about about here uh, in the future, but we're we're going through them now so that you have things to go and practice. So we're going to talk today about cooking over a campfire. So what do you need if you're going to cook over a campfire? Well, the first thing you need uh, is the ability to start a fire, which we already went over. The second thing you need are um, cooking utensils, pots, pans, that sort of thing that can handle the entire thing getting hot. So a standard frying pan Um, is probably not a good idea because most of the handles on frying pans are like plastic and you put those over a campfire and that melts right and you lose it now you can set up grates and things of that nature uh, so that you can put those on and then you just set them on where the handle comes out that is a possibility if you want to do that go for it there's nothing wrong with it as long as you have the grate to use what I want is something that I can put in my camp kitchen that I've talked to you about a couple times uh, that semi nests within itself, and then I can use it with. Um, I can even you know just grab a pair of my gloves and use that to move them around if I need to. Uh, so I like cast iron. Now my experience with cast iron is go with Lodge Logic. Uh, I have tried some other brands, and I will just tell you every time the other brands are not uh, seasoned very well. And by seasoned, if you're not familiar with cast iron, um, there's a process where you get the cast iron like fully coated in oil, uh, fully coated so that it doesn't rust on you. Uh, it is, generally speaking, it is uh, non-stick if you do it properly and um and it it will last in between uses right so a couple things about cast iron do not use soap on cast iron the soap soaks in cast iron is porous and so the soap soaks into the cast iron and it will make everything you cook in it for a while taste like soap until you get that soap cleaned out so uh you just scrape cast iron clean and then rinse it off that's how you do it so Uh, if you start getting into cast iron it's really not that difficult what you need if you're going to have a full cast iron camp cooking setup is you need a little tripod they make these like steel tripods that have a little chain coming down and you hang your uh your dutch oven on it and so you can adjust it how close or far away from the fire you want it Uh, based on this little tripod setup. An actual Dutch oven also has little legs on it so that you can set it in a fire and uh, have coals under it and pull the old coals out that are not burning anymore and push new coals under. They also have a lid that's not for use on a stovetop. This lid actually has like lips on the edges so you can put coals on the lid itself and have heat coming down and radiating from the top. And the other thing cast iron does is it heats evenly so the whole thing will heat up. Okay, so keep that in mind when you go to touch it, handles are just as hot as every other place on the uh, item. So like on a frying pan, your handle is really, really hot. Now what I like is the frying pan that has the same size top as the Dutch oven so that one lid can go on the frying pan or the Dutch oven and I don't need two lids. And then you need something to protect your hands from the heat. Uh, They make these cool little silicone sleeves. They make little, um, they're like little hand mitts but they slide over the handle. Um, you can do those those can be burned though If you leave them on you have to take them off and put them on as you use them same thing for the silicone But the silicone tends to last a little longer in my experience um, You're gonna want some kind of cleaning device So I like to get they make these little they're like square plastic uh, little scrapers and uh, and then they also now make this it looks like a little piece of chain mail but it's about the size of a washcloth and uh, you use that you scrape and it just kind of scrapes off any of the food residue on the inside and then you rinse it off. When you put your cast iron away, make sure it is dry. Do not put it away wet. If you do have to put it away wet, like to go home, as soon as you get home, you open all that up, rewash it, dry everything really good. I recommend re-oiling it, right? So keeping oil with your cast iron setup. Um, When you cook I like to cook things that have natural oils in them like bacon is a good one Um, But any kind of like fats animal fats anything like that I like to cook those into uh, The pan as my last thing that I cook in them And then I just kind of wipe it all around on the inside and then leave it there, right? So you leave the oils the fats In the cast iron and they continue to season it and make it better and better as it gets older All right, so that's how you take care of your cast iron now when you're cooking with cast iron The hardest part about cooking with cast iron over an open fire And this is really the hardest part about cooking over an open fire period is Regulating temperature. It's extremely difficult to regulate temperature, especially if you're not a really experienced fire maker and maintainer right fire starter and maintainer so that is what you have to play with when you're trying to bake bread or muffins or something like that in cast iron what most people do the first multiple times they do this is they cook them and they look great on the top and they're burnt on the bottom right and uh and so as you practice you practice how high off the um the fire you have, your, uh, your pot, as it's hanging in the tripod, you can move it to the side, but if you move it off to the side, okay, you do reduce your temperature when you do that, but you have to kind of spin it. And there's a way that you can set that up where you just periodically just turn it, right? But it requires a lot of maintenance. This isn't like a setup, go away, come back, and it's ready. You can kind of do that with soups and stews in it, um, as long as you you periodically stir them so that they're not overcooking in one spot. Uh, But if you're trying to bake with it, Baking with it is a lot more like you have to give it your attention until the baking is done and then you're finished. So um, you need something also to be able to scoop coals out of your fire and put them onto stuff. So some kind of a handle with a little shovel uh, type of mechanism on it. You can get like a fireplace Uh, Set for something like that or you can make get smaller versions of it. I like the smaller versions. I actually just use an e-tool. So I use the military GI style e-tool It's almost all metal and uh, and you could just scoop right into the fire I don't like leave it in the fire because I think that would damage it But it's just fine for just scooping in grabbing some coals and then putting those on the lid So that you can have the heat radiating down now keep in mind those burn out uh, they last a certain length of time and then they're done so uh, then you can either take the lid and kind of dump it back into the fire uh, and re, you know, get those things burning again or you can just leave them alone and just keep adding to it until you're done and then when you're finally done then you dump all of them back into the fire at the same time. So practice cooking over an open fire. Uh, it is not as challenging as some people make it out to be but it's definitely not as easy Uh, as some people make it out to be either. So it's something you want to practice. You don't want to be relying on it for all your meals. If you've never done it before, you're going to have a lot of burnt meals in the beginning. So give it a try. Go out there. Make sure that you know that you know. Train hard. Stay safe.